Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. This show is sponsored by Unibright, the unified framework for blockchain-based business integration, and sponsored by Star Engine, investment opportunities for everyone. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and today we're talking about privacy and privacy coins, or privacy, if you like, or Privatsphäre in German, I think. And I was thinking about how to say privacy in different countries because I just looked at the top 10 of countries that listen to Crypto 101 in order. United States, Australia, United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, Netherlands, Ireland, Sweden, Norway, and New Zealand, followed by South Africa. India, France, Spain, Denmark, Japan, and Brazil. That's going all the way to number 17. And I just want to say thank you to all of you guys for listening to Crypto 101. And today we're talking about, like I said, Privatsphere 101 with Snappy Snap of Pivx. And we're going to go into what is a privacy coin? What is privacy in general? I mean, isn't the whole point of Bitcoin and blockchain is to have everything open, public, on a ledger, transparent for everyone. And we're going to go into that with Snappy Snap, and we're going to talk about privacy and a little bit about Pivx and how they're dealing with this issue. But before that, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. That's Crypto101Podcast.com. Over there, you can click on ICO 101 and go to their website. You can go to Contact Us, which if you hit the Contact button, depending on which site you're on, you can get me or you can get Aaron Paul. You can sign up for our Facebook group. Our Facebook community has 4,000 people there ready to help you in your crypto endeavors. You can sign up for Patreon. Patreon is the backbone of Crypto 101. I don't know how to say that enough. Even though we have ads, even though we have sponsorships, if those all go away, we will continue to make this show because of the patrons. And the patrons are paying for our servers, our fees, or anything else that we need to keep this show afloat. And a personal favor for Crypto 101 and ICO 101, go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a comment or rating. It helps us out a lot. Tell your friends to listen if you think it's a good show, and we appreciate it. Now, without further ado, here's Snappy Snap of Pivx. Enjoy the conversation. Snappy Snap of Pivx. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. And on behalf of Pivx, thanks for having us on. Thank you for coming on. Hey, Snappy Snap, if you could, could you please just first tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with Pivx? Sure. I'm U.S. born and grew up out in the suburbs of Philly. Ended up in crypto in 2011, 2012. And for me, I really was passionate about community. I'm not a super tech guy. I mean, I understand tech. I do some website designs, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I'm not the I'm not the coder, right? What I found is in 2011, 2012, this niche market, these communities popping up that nobody was paying attention to, and that was for me huge. And so I started looking at projects that had communities around them because I said, look, this is a human endeavor. Yeah, there's a lot of tech, but at the end of the day, projects that survive, companies that survive, etc., are ones that have people behind them. So that's how I, I jumped in, and through the cycle of building relationships and finding people and higher resonances. That's how I ended up in Pivx. I actually knew the co-founders of Pivx when it was launched. It was under the name Darknet, right? So a lot of these coins that you see on the markets, some of the OG crypto coins before there were ICOs, etc., a lot of them were experimental coins. A lot of them were scam coins. Um, so you had these crazy names. And then, you know, for some projects, like for the example, Pivx started as Darknet, right? You had guys that were focused on code, uh, not necessarily focused on marketing to mass adoption at that point. They had a vision of it, but they came from the realm of tech. They didn't come from the realm of marketing. You know, Dash was dark coin at one point and, <laughs> you know, et cetera, et cetera. So right. anyway, long, long and short of it is I knew the caliber of the developers. I knew their integrity as people. There was no, at that point, real resonance for me from a community standpoint. It wasn't my vibe because mm -hmm. it was a lot of high, high, high level tech stuff. So when the decision was made to begin to open it up and say, hey, you know what? We have this incredible tech. Where's the community? It's time to bring this to the larger world. That's when the rebrand to Pivx started. Uh, that's right when I began to get more involved in the project. So 
Fast forward, somehow, again, the beauty of a decentralized autonomous organization, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, the beauty of a community-driven project is it's really up to the individual, right? Mm-hmm. So as much as you want to be empowered and part of it, you can be. Uh, so I just literally started throwing my energy and time into the project because I knew where the project could go, and then I started to see the community massively assemble around it and this vision. And so for me, what I began doing is just throwing my time in, developing websites, helping with some of the marketing aspects. And then all of a sudden it went, hey, there's nobody really giving feedback about what the developers are doing and then translating that for everyday you know, videos, et cetera. Right. So I just basically started making YouTube videos. So the head of creative and marketing, we started talking. I was like, yeah, dude, I'll do all the video editing, et cetera. Make videos, translate the tech stuff into everyday language. So from that, it, like I'm, I'm a brand ambassador, I guess you could say, but it's, that's so like crypto defies the norms of titles. Right, exactly. It really, yeah. when, when you're in crypto, you, especially when you're in projects, you do so many different things on right. any given day. So it's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a brand ambassador and yet I am talking to developers and I'm proofreading this and I'm helping this and I'm, yeah, so. Uh, I don't know. That was a really nondescript answer for what my role is, other than to say that's <laughs> craziness of crypto and the beauty of when you're empowered as an individual and you get to use your talents. In no, a man, that's that, that, that's totally cool. You know what? And I really appreciate what one thing you said in there is it's community is uh, crypto 101. We are for the average consumer. We want to make sure when we ask questions, it's for the mom, the pop, the truck driver, the bartender. It's like, why are we going to yeah. go into there, spend our hard earned money? Maybe it's tips or hourly wages to invest in a coin or yeah. ICO. And we want to, you know, you focus on that aspect and, figure, and have everybody figure out together uh, why is it ready or not ready for mass adoption. And when you say community, <laughs> Crypto 101 has this great grassroots community that got us where we are today. So, man, I really appreciate that. But you said you were holding since, uh, you said you were in since 2011. Have you been holding since 2011? Uh, like all of us, we wish, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's the blessing and curse of being having been in, in this space for that long of you knew where it could go. And yet right. at the same time, you're like, well, like, back then, like I would, you know, work in your nine to five and work in various jobs. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I made whatever, or there was 10% gains or blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, let's go. And then you look back, you know, it's retrospective and you go, holy smokes. So for instance, it's like, yeah, I, I got into the Ethereum ICO, right? Like I got okay. into various, like back in, like these are like these projects and you're like, okay, like what else? Ethereum's uh, taking a shit right now, by the way. Yeah, but even if you had gotten in the ICO, you're still doing okay. Yeah. So, like, if you would hold, you, if you would hold, it, oh my gosh, yeah, that's yes, a, that's a but, different. But poor people that that's, got into December and January, I, guys, just hold, oh, hold. Yeah. So well, I mean, that's the thing. Back, back in the day, Litecoin. I remember. I remember on these exchanges that no longer exist. Mm-hmm. Coins like Litecoin were a dollar. Right. You know, USD or. 15 20 30 cents so just be patient be patient that's all i'm gonna say so is that your advice for everybody that looks at this market right now woke up this morning litecoin or litecoin was what 240 last week or the week before um ethereum was a thousand at the beginning of the month and now it's under four just just hold be patient yeah this is nothing new it's different from two three four five years ago where you know, if you bought a coin or purchased or obtained a coin that say it was a dollar mm-hmm. and then it dropped to 50 cents, it didn't feel as bad. Like psychologically, that doesn't feel as bad <laughs> no, when doesn't. you have a coin that goes from a thousand to 400, right? There's, right. We have psychological mindset around value of money and coins. Mm-hmm. So all I can say is it's the same phenomena, right? What was happening three, four, five years ago of these ebbs and flows of the market, we're seeing it. It's just what's happening is the perceived value of these markets continues to go up. We can speculate all about that. That might be deeper dives for later. I'm not a financial advisor. I don't, this is not financial advice. All I can say is from my history and perception of the markets, if you're not day trading and you got in in November, December, and you're going, what in the world's going on? All I can say is we've seen this before. (laughs) There's been this cycle. Just hang on. That's all I can say. Just hearing that from people that has been paying attention to the markets since uh, 2011, you know, makes me at least feel better too. It's only been a a little over a year, maybe a year and a half for me. And it's, this is, this is a big one. This is a big one. 
But we're not here to yeah. talk about, about trading and markets. What we're here to do no. is to give a 101 on privacy and privacy coins. This is something that Crypto 101 has not talked about yet on the channel. And I want you to tell us right now, what is a privacy coin? We'll do a little history and Perfect. then we'll jump into this this privacy aspect. So Bitcoin, the grandpa, the grand poobah of cryptocurrencies, right? The first cryptocurrency to implement this distributed ledger technology. Which is a great uh, hip hop artist, by the way, grand poobah. Just got to throw grand that in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this, this new thing came out, this new technology, this new vision, et cetera. Now it's manifested and it's here. And all of a sudden what happened is people, people, media, you know, news, et cetera, go, oh, oh, this is outside of the quote unquote traditional fiat currency banking means it must be private then, right? Like, oh, I don't have to sign up for this bank account. I can, you know, basically spin up a miner, get these coins or go to an exchange, which back in 2009, 2010, were not really taking any personal information, except they were, they were probably logging your IP addresses and everything else. So uh, that's a side point. Um, right. And then all of a sudden, Bitcoin became basically equal to, it's this dark market currency. It's this anonymous currency. It's used for drugs and you name it. And look, it probably was, mm -hmm. right? It probably still is. To that as well, so is the US dollar. Right. So is the yen. So right. is the peso. You name it. So that stigma about cryptocurrencies applies to any means of value that's out there right now. It's That goes to a human esoteric question. So anyways, cycling forward. So Bitcoin had this like stigma of it's this private anonymous transaction, right? It's this anonymous coin. And it's not. It's actually the complete opposite, right? Mm -hmm. So your ledger's perfectly available. I use the analogy all the time of think about like if you wrote a check to me, mm -hmm. right? And I went, cashed that check in the bank. And then the bank said, would you like to see your checking account, not mine, your checking account for the rest of history? Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Why not? Let's do it. I can't take any money out. I can't put any money in. I have a little window to see every single one of your transactions for the rest of history, right. every in and out. That would freak most people out, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they were to check to their contractor, now the contractor gets to see their bank accounts. Hello, that's the majority of cryptocurrencies out there. So when you send a coin from your address, whether it's on an exchange or on a core wallet to somebody else, they now have a perfect link back to your quote unquote bank account to see what's coming in, what's going out, how much you are getting, how much you're sending, et cetera, et cetera. So not very private from a ledger or a total account status. The other thing too is there's no real IP masking that goes on in a lot of these cryptocurrencies. So where you're logging in from now, you can, some of these cryptos do support Tor, uh, they do support Onion, they do support some masking, but most of them you know, don't as well. Mm -hmm. So that's your IP masking or privacy. So why privacy? Well, if you think about it, what's been going on with Facebook, right? What's been going on with Bank of America hacks? What's been going on with, oh, sorry, three million credit cards just got hacked and all your data's out there? Or oh, by the way, your bank is now sending you unsolicited emails that you now are making more than 50 grand a year, so you need a financial planner. Well, why are they doing that? Because <laughs> they're looking at your right. account, and then they're direct targeting you. So the, the point of it is this. Privacy for some people is a belief that it matters. It's your right. It's not a matter of you deserve the right to go do bad things. No, that's not the point. It's the your privacy matters because you should determine and have the ability to say, hey, I don't want to show my plumber or my contractor or even my neighbor when I send them like a five, you know, when I send them some coins or money that they can see into my bank account. And so why? Well, we've already started seeing the crypto space. People are being mugged, mm -hmm. held up because they're tracking who has how much and then there are people knocking on their doors or armed robberies of, hey, I know you've got 200 Bitcoin in your account. You better give them to me. Otherwise, I'm going to take your kids, right? right. That's already starting to, that's starting to happen as the value of this whole sphere grows. That's why privacy matters from that standpoint of, hey, you should, you should be able to maintain what you're worth and then disclose it when needed, but not broadcast that to the rest of the world for many different reasons, right? right? Thus, the need for privacy when it comes to a blockchain and distributed ledger technology. PIVX stands for Private Instant Verified Transaction, right? Okay. So 
a lot of things in that. The need for privacy, that it's a right for humans as people. The need for a fast transaction. Bitcoin's not fast. It's getting better, but it's a Band-Aid in terms of how fast it is. So that if you want to be a currency, there needs to be that, especially point of sale, right? So if you go to a gas station and you swipe your credit card and, it's gonna, and it takes 10 seconds, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, a minute, two minutes to confirm. That's, that's too not, long. Yeah, it's too long. So it needs to be instant. And then it also needs to have a bunch of other stuff in terms of a solid economic model and how the coin is governed and et cetera, et cetera. That was the vision of Pivx is we need to do a lot of things better than what's on the market in order to be a long-term sustainable currency for people. So how does it track on the ledger then? You know, you have your your address, your wallet address, your private yep. keys, they link together. You have, you know, your transactions in the ledger. How do you do that when you're private? Is it you are already always changing your public key or... No, so so the the privacy technology in, in Pivx is something called Zerocoin. So mm -hmm. Zerocoin is a white paper and a proof developed for Bitcoin, right? So it's out of John Hopkins. It's a academically vetted protocol to say, hey, how could Bitcoin transact from one person to another while still providing a public ledger, right? Here's all the coins. Right. So that way, you know how many coins are actually in circulation mm -hmm. and yet completely sever the link between me and you in terms of I sent it to you. That would not be known by the network. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what was developed out of Johns Hopkins and it never got implemented into Bitcoin. And so a couple projects actually said, hmm, you know what? We could use that technology. Mm -hmm. And so thus you had Zcash and Zerocoin spun up as cryptocurrencies. And those are proof of work cryptocurrencies. And so Pivx actually has implemented the zero coin protocol, which is that third party GitHub repository of code right. into its ecosystem. And so what it does is this. Think about a casino, your house chips. Those aren't worth anything outside of the casino. But in the casino, it's face, it's parity, right? It's one for one. It's hundred dollars, it's a hundred dollar token, it's thousand, thousand, five thousand, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Zero coins are kind of like that. So you're walking around in your wallet with those zero coins. And then when you want to go send that to somebody, you basically are cashing it into yourself and you get a brand new $100 bill or $500 bill or $1,000 bill and that gets sent to the person, right? right? No transactional history. So you can kind of think about it as you're cashing into this giant pool of coins that have no transactional history around it and that gets sent to your receiver, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So the blockchain's recording that, oh, you just made a 100 PIV send, but it was done completely anonymously. Your wallet accounts, your identity, et cetera, is completely severed from that send. So if we're putting this into a average person's example, let's say yeah. mom and dad, mom, mom wants to pay for the electric bill. The electric company yep. doesn't know it came from mom. So how would this you how would this work, let's say, in a practical sense? Let's say if we're using it as a utility to pay electric bills or car payments or house payments in the future um, if you're severing that link or is it just something that you don't do or am I missing a step I say that because you, you know if you pay your bill the, the bank knows that you paid it because you paid it with your your card <laughs> yeah yeah right. exactly so with that so let's say for instance you sent me a uh, an invoice mm -hmm. and said hey for being on the show this isn't happening but let's just say for example being on the show it's a it's you know it's a hundred piv mm -hmm. right so I would have the ability to say, okay, here's that invoice. Here's the address I need to send it to. I could send it with ZPIV. You would get that. I could leave a note and say, hey, here's this invoice, right? I could leave the, the tag in the hash and say, here's, here's it's coming from. But the thing is, you could then go into the Block Explorer, validate, yep, I got my 100 PIV. Here it is. But when you went to look at any of the history associated with that, it would basically go to an inception point. That's no link to me. So the thing is, I could send money to anybody in the Pivx network and they would get it and they would have no idea who it came from. Mm -hmm. However, if you sent me an invoice and I paid it, of course you knew it was coming from me as the person. It's just you have no ability to then look into the rest of my Piv account to know it's me. Right. It seems like an, an accounting nightmare, though. If you're say if this is a big company that says um, like the electric company, you know, and they have thousands of people paying their electric bill every day, you just have to basically have a guy there or some kind of machine or algorithm or something just always saying, oh, well, he left a little note that says, hey, he sent 100 PIV for his electric bill. Right. And just logging it down, logging it down. So you can tag that. Right. So at that point, 
if let's say I'm a utility company, mm -hmm. a utility company is saying like, we want to implement PIVX and ZPIV into our ecosystem. You could set up some sort of identifier to say, oh, it's coming from XYZ individual. It's like writing the check, right? So the utility company gets a check and they cash it and it's valid, but they have no ability to then see how much money I still have in my bank account, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. The check cleared, right. they got their money, but they have no ability to say like, oh, you know, Snappy's got $5,000 still in his checking account. Right. That's what happens with most of these altcoins. Which is your is legal name, of course. They're saying Snappy. Mr. Snap. Yeah, Mr. Snap, right? Yes, yeah. So gotcha. think of it that way, right? It's, it's, it's as if we're giving the ability back to write that check where the entity that receives the funds do not have the ability to see into your account gotcha. and see how much is there. So the other, the flip of it too is Pivx has both a public and private send, mm -hmm. right? So you have the ability to send and broadcast and transact with a public send, which is called PIV. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that means that if you send somebody PIV through the network or from a from an exchange, they have the ability to see back into that account, just like mm -hmm. the majority of all coins out there. We also have the ability to send privately, which is what we call ZPIV. So that's mm -hmm. the zero coin PIV. And that's the one that severs the link back into your quote unquote accounts. I get it now. It's good for going to the strip club then. If they have the QR code tattooed on them, paying with the PIV, that link back. If, you know what? If, if that's what you choose and elect to do with it, then no judgment. <laughs> no judgment. So in this space right now, there's all kinds of privacy coins. There's, you know, yep. Monero, Zcash, Sumo just for from Monero. I think that they're, you yep. know, going a little back and forth with each other about some things. Yep. You guys, others, what's the difference? And is it just everybody's doing the same thing or is there a specialty to every everybody? You know, because I, I just don't tell the difference. I can do it with like Bitcoin and Litecoin ish, you know, sure, and sure. some of these other payment coins, but privacy coins, what's the difference? So the majority of privacy coins out on the market are proof of work. So for the listeners out there, that's the quote unquote algorithm, the computer code, how transactions are validated in the network is by proof of work. So that's the whole mining farms and mining rigs and, you know, and China has all these facilities set up that are mining away and sucking massive amounts of power, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the proof of work algorithm, right? And so all that means is how transactions are validated within the network. A lot of the privacy coins are proof of work. Pivx is proof of stake, and it's a different algorithm. It is much more ecologically friendly, um, the amount of power required. Um, so for instance, you know, I think it's been estimated the Bitcoin network takes a nuclear power plant running 24-7 to power the entire network, mm -hmm. right? So all the power it consumes. Pivx, you could run the entire network in terms of the power it consumes on one wind turbine or about 15 in solar installations of homes. There's a difference. Right? So big, big difference, especially when you think 5, 10, 15 years down the road for sustainability, right? Like heaven forbid legislation comes out and says, wow, you're like destroying the universe because you're churning out X, Y, Z, like carbon, blah, 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 which could happen. It could conceivably happen. And then all of a sudden you have coins that are proof of stake that would be Bueno, because we're right. much more ecologically friendly. So Pivx is proof of stake, right? So you can literally download the core wallet, which is the little application. It's just like downloading an application from a, you know your website, whatever else it is. It runs on your computer, like a laptop or a desktop. It might take about 2% of your memory, which basically means it runs somewhat idle in the background. As long as you have one Piv in your wallet and then click the button, you're staking, right? So what does that mean? It means you have the ability to earn the block reward or earn rewards every block. So unlike most of the privacy coins that are out there where you have to have specialized equipment in order to try and mine the coins mm -hmm. with Pivx, all you need to do is download the application on your computer. If it's running, then you're potentially participating and earning in that reward. That's one of the biggest ones, mm -hmm. right? And so what does that mean? It, it also means that in the next two weeks, there's a huge, huge protocol bump, which basically means like, hey, when you get the little notification on your iPhone or Android or computers, like you need to update. That's what's occurring in the next two weeks for Pivx. Um, you'll be able to stake your privacy coins. 
Okay. Right. So the ZPIVs. Why is that huge? Well, it's a first for crypto. There's no other cryptocurrency on the market that's doing it. Think about your bank account again. Let's use the analogy. It's like mm -hmm. having a bank account that only you know how much is in there and you're earning interest on it from the network, about six to 10% a year. And it's private. Nobody knows how much you're actually earning on, right? Going back to that bank account, you're, it's not like your neighbor can look into it and see how much. No, like you have that right. It's completely hidden. So that's huge, right? No other cryptocurrency will have that. We're the first to do it. The other thing too is from a privacy coin standpoint, we're the fastest, lowest cost privacy coin on the mm -hmm. market. So what does that mean? We have instant transactions. So I can send coins to you. It'll be there in less than a second. Mm -hmm. And our transaction fees will be maybe a tenth of a cent. Right? If you're sending it privately, a private transaction might cost you 10 cents. But even still, considering the fact that a credit card transaction charges, what, 2 3% of the total, I could send you $5 or I could send you $500,000 and it would cost 10 cents. So what's the difference between prices? Why is, why is one 10 cents, one's a tenth of a cent? Is just a cost structure that you guys have? So if I'm sending a public PIVX through the network, then the cost is much lower. It's a fractional amount. On average, it's about a tenth of a cent. The privacy coins, the way you actually generate the privacy coin. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is in your wallet, you basically say, oh, I've got, let's say, 5,000 PIV, and I want to make them all private. And you basically create those privacy coins in your wallet. So you say, hey, I want to create all of these to be private. When you do that, you're basically making the network work, mm -hmm. right? And so there's a fee for that. Mm -hmm. So that fee ends up being 10 cents, which isn't a lot. No, it's not right? a lot. So now you have your privacy coins. So when you have those, when you send them, though, the network doesn't charge you anything, right? Okay. So the fee's actually on making the coins private, I not see. on sending them when I you're see. doing the privacy coins. That's pretty dope. And now a word from our sponsor, Unibright.io. Unibright is a team of developers with 20 plus years of experience in business integration. Nowadays, most companies have strong interests in blockchain technology, but struggle to use it. That's why Unibright created the Unibright framework. Unibright makes it easy to integrate blockchain technology into existing businesses. All you have to do is pick a template that fits your specific case, customize the business integration workflow, then Unibright will automatically generate all objects you need for blockchain-based business integration smart contracts, smart adapters, and smart queries. For more information, go to unibright.io. That's U-N-I-B-R-I-G-H-T dot I-O. Their token sale starts April 10th, 2018. And now, back to our show. And now, a word from our sponsor, Star Engine. Leaders and innovators in the crypto world are coming together at the Start Engine ICO 2.0 Summit on April 20th in Santa Monica. The theme is Path to Liquidity for Security Token Offerings. The growing crypto ecosystem is being challenged by uncertainties and regulations, and Star Engine is here to help. The SEC, the CFTC, and state administrators have been issuing subpoenas by the dozens. How is this going to affect ICOs and exchanges? This is why Star Engine is launching its second edition of the ICO 2.0 Summit, co-sponsored by T0 on April 20th in Santa Monica. This summit includes Patrick Byrne, CEO of Overstock.com, Gil Pacina, top crypto investor, Trevor Coverco, CEO of Polymath, and Mark Suster, Upfront Ventures. Also, 40 other panelists. So if you're interested in the Start Engine ICO 2.0 Summit, go to www.startenginesummit.com 
enter promo code CRYPTO101 to get 50% off your tickets. It's in Santa Monica, California on April 20th. We'll see you there. Okay, so we know what a privacy coin is. We know what PIVX does. We know how it's different than the other coins. Is there any other other ways that they're different? Because everybody's talking about something being more private, this, that, or the other thing. If you're private, you're private. I don't understand how you can be more private. Uh, well, <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? We'll do, we'll do two things. Different categories of privacy. Okay. There is your, what I'll say, ledger privacy, mm-hmm. meaning people have the ability or not the ability to see how many coins you have or how much you're worth, right? Right. So that's one aspect of privacy. PIVX has that, right? We have the ability to completely anonymize where your coins are sent from and how much you have from the network. Then there's your IP privacy, Mm -hmm. right? So asking where your computer or your node is connected from, that's a whole other aspect of privacy. So a lot of times you'll have coins on the market and then it'll say like, oh, we're the most private on the network or we're the most private oriented coin. They never define the terms, right? You need to define what aspect of privacy you're talking about. And so PIVX has the ability to do both of those, right? So we have private transactions in terms of the ledger. And then we also have the ability through Tor, et cetera, an integration that's coming in quarter three or quarter four of this year, uh, another protocol bump where IP masking will be right in the wallet, right? So if you mm-hmm. run the wallet, it's going to mask IPs. So that's where you can start to tease out, oh, maybe this coin's only talking about IP masking, but right. my balance still broadcasts to the world or vice right. versa. So that's the argument over, oh, privacy, like which one's better, which one's worse. Mm-hmm. There's also different ways people try and be private. So Dash, for example. So Dash does a variation of what I'll say is coin mixing. So you remember the carnival game where you have three cups and you put a ball under one yep. and you shuffle them around and then you say, hey, which one is the ball under? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was a pro at that. Yeah, so yeah. that's coin mixing, right? <laughs> so what happens is you would put a coin under one, mix them around, and then say, okay, which one's it in? That's in essence the the one analogy you can say of how they attempt to achieve or attempted to at one point privacy mm-hmm. is that way of mixing. So they would just basically mix coins. What other projects, so for instance, Monero, Monero has a much different way of trying to provide privacy to the network. PIVX uses zero coin, which again is another method of that, which you could say is a different level. So they use a different privacy protocol. They use ring CT. It's different than zero coin. And again, it's in proof of work. It's different flavors, it's different. right? Right. The other, the other aspects when it comes to it is, okay, so you have the privacy, you have the privacy aspect. Now you have to start to look at, okay, that's one thing. Is the project set up for say, long-term sustainability? How does the project make decisions and then implement them, mm-hmm. right? So that's the other thing that PIVX has that majority of these crypto projects that are privacy oriented do not have is we have a built-in governance system. So governance meaning how decisions are made and then how they're implemented into the code base or into marketing or mm-hmm. into whatever else it is. So we have a system of what's called masternodes. It's a secondary layer that runs on top of our blockchain. Here, let's use some analogies, right? When you download a free trial of an application and you can use some of the functionalities, right? Like, cool, you can use it, blah, blah, blah. A masternode's kind of like, oh, you can upgrade and get all these other features, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a terrible analogy, but for people listening, think about it that way. You can run, the, you can run a PIVX node, you can stake, you can do all these cool things. If you're running the master node, there's other stuff that you get, right? So for instance, you can participate in the block rewards so you can earn interest that way as mm-hmm. well. So you can earn your rewards. However, the other thing that master nodes provide is the ability to actually vote, right? So every 30 days in PIVX, there's 42,000 PIV, up to 42,000 PIV that are available for the community to submit a proposal and then get funded. That's how our community operates. There's no CEO, there's no company, there's no board, there's no directors. It's literally community deciding what gets voted on and then what gets funded to direct the project. So for instance, like what we've seen in Litecoin and Bitcoin and all these arguments of, hey, we need to do this and nothing ever gets done. And then it's two years later and then it gets implemented. What happens in PIVX is every 30 days, proposals get submitted. So for instance, you could submit a proposal today and say, hey, I would like to be an official PIVX broadcaster. Here's what I'll do. Here's how many videos I'll make or podcasts I'll do. Here's my metrics. I'll show you all the data. I'm requesting 200 PIV a month. 
Mm-hmm. And then what happens is you submit that proposal into the network. It's recorded in, in a block. And the master nodes every 30 days get to vote yes or no on that proposal. So if you get enough yeses, boom, you just got funded. Go on your way. So that's how the developers are paid. That's how, you know, marketing's paid. That's oh, how, you know, events are paid for, et cetera. So the beautiful thing about it is this. If no proposals get submitted, those funds aren't created, mm-hmm. right? So you're not devaluing the value of the coins just by making all these coins and having them sit somewhere. No, no, no. This is a true hey, if the community feels we need to vote on these and then pass them, then the coins are created up to 42000 every month. It's called a DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. That's right. what PIVX is. That's what we excel at. So I'm going to let that simmer on the back burner for a little bit, just let it, yeah. let it chill. But I really want to talk about more of um, the privacy aspect and if you don't know how much money you have in your bank account. And we yeah. want this to be mass adoption. And the government is going to start looking at this somehow. They're going to see things get bought, transactions be made. They don't know how much you have, who's making it. So it seems a little risky to have something that is, when you're you're talking about sustainability, Mm -hmm. it sounds like the biggest catch here is going to be how is the man going to get his money? How are they going to get taxed taxed this? And why would they let something like this continue not knowing how much people have? I can't speak from their perspective because I'm not in their shoes, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we could, yeah, we could just, just spitball it. I mean, this isn't this is definitely yeah. not CNBC. Yeah, so it's you know <laughs> we could we could postulate based on history. You know, as you said, they they're going to want to get their cut. They're going to want to try and get their hands and do every every bit of it, and then pay your fair share, all that. Yeah. So okay, so you you could in a couple scenarios say okay, Piv, just like is occurring in in all of crypto across the board, it's up to the individual to disclose what they made, what their transactions are, et cetera. Now, the flip of it is, you're, you know, many people sit there and say like, well, maybe the government's not gonna like that because in a coin like Monero or Pivix, in theory, it becomes a little easier for people to hide their net value or net worth, right? Right, right off the bat, the one thing is, Pivix has both the public and private send. Mm-hmm. So we do have a first layer of being able to say to regulators, et cetera, whoa, 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 whoa. We have a network that is perfectly legible. You can see how much is there. And then we also have the ability to do public transactions. So that's one talking point to regulators to say, we have this already in place. We have the ability to transact, to see everything, blah, blah, blah. Then the flip of it is this. One could then begin to postulate, and this is this goes back to the, all right, we are gonna go there on this call. This goes back to civil liberties <laughs> and individual liberties and, and personal freedoms, right? So this also then goes, hey, what happens if all of a sudden a government said, you know what, I wanna know how much um, water you have in, in your house, because that's a, now a valuable asset. Or let's say how much gold you're storing in your house, because that's a valuable asset. Mm-hmm. And oh, the value of gold went up 10x, so you're gonna have to report that. Right. Mm. Because the value perceived market value went up. So now you're going to have to report on those gains or whatever else it is. Give it to us. What happens when if that ever occurred? I'm paralleling that to the crypto markets of a asset commodity means of value trade. Mm -hmm. We can ascribe value to anything. Gold, water, grains, seeds, food, etc. When and if that ever comes to a head. A lot of people, we're seeing it in crypto and we're seeing it in other communities, are starting to go, wait, 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 that's a right of mine to be able to have this privacy, right? So the other part of it is is this. My right to privacy goes both ways. But the question was geared up of, of, oh, the government's going to look and say, well, you're hiding your funds, right? You're hiding how much you're worth. The counter also is, well, yeah, but the flip of it is, how many times have companies or people, et cetera, pried into my data and then used that and sold that right. on markets right. without my permission? So then the flip is that's where you begin to have the, the conversation with regulators to say, understand you want your cut. Okay, let's figure out that way. The flip of it is you also need to allow people their freedoms and rights to maintain their privacy because it also protects them from potential terrorists or 
robbers or whatever well, else it is. Well, the government is um, would not say they're a potential terrorist. And the only reason why I'm thinking that that's uh, not a solution and not to you know disagree or debate or what have you yeah. is living abroad for you know 20 years, I have always had to link my bank account back to the IRS, the government somehow. Taiwan, they said, hey, give me your passport, give me your bank accounts. Yep. If you're claiming your taxes when I was living in China, they said, how much money do you have in your bank accounts? The only reason that they have to ask me is because they don't have an agreement with the China banks because China doesn't want America you know, looking into their bank accounts as well. Um, But Hong Kong does. Now they did it just on an agreement, Taiwan, uh, Japan, all these other people. And so it doesn't seem logical that the government will not have that for crypto and that the privacy coins won't be the first attack saying that, no, you just cannot do this. You can't be private. Okay, fine. You can be private to everybody else, but not me. I'm special. I am the government. Sure. But this is where as a privacy oriented coin and community, we then get to champion and pioneer that conversation with governments to say, okay, understand you want your cuts. However, you also have people that deserve a right to their freedoms and not have all of their accounts publicly disclosed for this, 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 this reason. Let's find a solution. We're not there yet, right? So that's where I know the energies are moving towards this and Mm -hmm. we see it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a fun year, year and a half, two years as these conversations emerge, and they already are. We're gonna so, we're gonna have to yeah. vote on a on a lawyer fund here, probably. It's already going. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So this is the fun thing. In the past nine, ten months, the amount of attorneys trying to get caught up to speed on crypto taxation, et cetera, is astronomical. So for any attorneys that are out there, get into crypto, right. figure it out. Right. Talk, learn, because my goodness, you're going to be in high demand, right? You're a diamond dozen in your field of whatever you're doing. You know crypto? Ugh. Yeah, so. <laughs> right on, man. I think that we've talked just about every point that I had on privacy and privacy coins. Is there anything I'm missing? Here's one. A privacy coin and a perfect ledger, right? Mm-hmm. And a perfectly trackable ledger. That's a little bit like yin-yang, et cetera. Here's a, here's a case that we're currently working on. Nonprofits or donations, places that you donate funds to, tracking where your fund went to, where it ended up, how much went where, blah, 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 blah. That's a huge deal, right? And we've right. seen there's charities and organizations that only give a couple percent and they take it all for themselves under the nonprofit, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. So imagine the scenario where somebody donates to, let's say, uh, a rescue for dogs. And this rescue for dogs says, here's where you donate to. And this is, it's an address. Well, guess what? That address actually goes. The funds then run through PIVX are privatized, mm-hmm. right? So meaning, you, let's say $100 was donated. Well, 100 ZPIV or $100 of ZPIV is created and then sent to the new address. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Now you have $100 sitting over here with no prior history, especially of a crypto. So if somebody had sent $100 worth of Bitcoin, that Bitcoin has all of this history attached to it, right? right. It's got all these transactional records for the past 10 years attached to it. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? When you run it through ZPIV, it's a brand new coin. No history. Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? Now you can track every single send and spend perfectly without having to do all of this crazy cutting off of this block time, all these transactions are worthless, and from this one, this is where the funds were. No, now you can perfectly track every single movement of the coin or fractions of that amount to where it's supposed to go, mm. right? So you're basically using ZPIV as a way to say, guess what, perfect ledger now for the nonprofit to say, here's where these funds are going. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's kind of a fun, yeah, it's kind of like a fun use case to say, hey, here's how you can use this technology in a way that's perfectly legible then for the people who need it. What if they're private as well? They're using the ZPIV. You don't send ZPIV to another wallet. It always comes in as PIV. Yeah, so if I sent 100 ZPIV to you, what's actually happening is your wallet shows up as 100 PIV. It's okay. not ZPIV. But then they, now, and then they privatize it if they want. They don't have to. They don't have to. But if they right? want to, they can't. Yeah, they could. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Okay. For a nonprofit, they're going to say, like, no, 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 here's our 100. Now you can track where it all goes to. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, they have that perfect ledger to say, hey, you gave me $100. Here's this hash or here's this transaction. Now you can see where it went to. I'm going to go into a couple of general questions now. Who is one person that you admire in this space? If you're if you're on Twitter, if, if you're following tweets and this person tweets, 
or if this person says something online or is on maybe a, a news show, Forbes, CNN or whatever, who is that person that you always tune in to see what they're saying? I actually don't follow a lot of mainstream media. Like I'll catch glimmers of it. Uh, a lot of the news that I get when I see people on the main stations, a lot of that inf information for me just doesn't resonate, mm -hmm. right? So like when on Twitter, example, um, so Brandon Kelly, so BK, the boss method is a guy that does a lot of trading, um, TA charting. I love love his energy as a human being, his soul, and also like his technical analysis stuff is, is bueno. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who's entering in, makes it very approachable, right? Cool. So solid guy to kind of like cut your teeth on, super helpful, super giving from heart, and his charting stuff's really cool. On Twitter, there's a few people. So Mars Mensch is, is a guy that is a master node. So that technology I was talking about, He's probably one of the gurus of masternodes and saying them up. Mars Mensch, like Mars, the, yeah. the, the, the planet. So, yep. Mars as in the planet and then M-E-N-S-C-H. So at Mars Mensch. If you want to learn about masternode technology, definitely follow him mm -hmm. um, and talk to him. You'll be doing good. The other that I've been recently uh, in conversations with and following is I Love Crypto. So that's literally at I Love Crypto. A lot of his charting and a lot of his views are I, I resonate with and, and like a lot. Of course, like at underscore Pivx, anything that comes up there, I'm, I'm obviously and reach. Of course, yeah, obviously, obviously. So, uh, what about yeah. outside of uh, the crypto realm? Who's who's one person that you you follow? It's actually a lot of people that I'm in close contact with. A lot of my life has all of a sudden developed into community mm -hmm. and into relationships and right. and connections. Right, and so. There's a lot of endeavors outside of crypto right now that I am engaged in as well, uh, including setting up permaforests and agriculture and cool, sustainable farming and off-grid living. So, right um, yeah, we're, we're working on that on some small properties right now outside of Philly. I have a, I have a four-year-old daughter. So a lot of what I'm working on is re-education for kids uh, mm -hmm. that helps them in this new age. Actually, a lot of the inspiration and sort of like the daily stuff just comes from the community I'm around in. Of course, like you've got your your gurus and people you follow. It's something different when you like run into another person and give you a hug and you just know they're vibing on your wavelengths. That's for me. That's right. that's what I love. Yeah. And you and you went to university in at Case Western we talked about, yeah, in Ohio. Yeah, my undergrad uh, was Geneva College, at double major, double minor in, in chemistry and chemical engineering, and then finished a doctorate in molecular biophysics at Case Western. Oh, right on. So you were there the whole time from undergrad to PhD? Yeah, undergrad was basically, I mean, north of Pittsburgh, and then uh, Cleveland, I was there for, well, five, six, seven years. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yep. Cool, man. What is one company you think would have the greatest impact in the crypto space besides Pivx? Well, are we talking about positive impacts or Shit. <laughs> impacts? In positive, general? negative, and impacts and impact. Good, bad, or otherwise, there's a lot of, and kudos to them. Ripple is a project that has a lot of ties, a lot of connections, and I think will probably be around for a bit, right? If you're in crypto and people listening to this, they're going to. I, I know what they're thinking. I know what they're feeling. And the flip of it is going, yeah, they're playing a game. They're playing a game and they're playing it real well. That's just one statement. And I'm not going to say good, bad, or otherwise. It's just they're playing the game really well. The other, the other projects for me kind of like off the beaten path that most people probably wouldn't look at, projects from like Neutron Coin. Um, there's projects that are spinning up like Worldblock. There's projects like AdBank, et cetera, mm -hmm. that are just doing some really, really epic stuff that – aren't necessarily in the limelight yet in their industries and in their niche markets are are going to do well. So that's going to be a segue for me to say, hey, for folks entering into crypto, it is crazy because you literally have this brand new frontier of you can look at the guts of companies, see what's going on, talk to people, hear five different opinions about that project, and then also potentially have the ability to look at their code, talk to the community that's supporting it, and then make your decisions. Right. The best thing to do personally for me is look at what the markets, look at what people are talking about, and then dig one or two layers deeper. You're going to see a lot of what I'll say shilling. So that's the term to say you're going to see a lot of hype and people talking about projects. And maybe it's a good thing. 
the flip of it is in crypto, and as a lot of the OGs will talk about, when you see that, it's kind of a, oh boy, here comes the storm of, of a project trying to pump their coin up. Here comes, here comes this wave of that. So whenever you see a lot of the hype around something, don't disregard it. It could be a great trading opportunity. If you're looking for something long-term and sustainable, dig deeper. Dig right. a lot deeper. My last question was that if this was the first podcast somebody was listening to, yeah. would that be your advice to them? My suggestions and recommendations is this. So crypto has an ability to reframe your perspective of work, of finance, of economics, of value, of company structures, right? It's going to do that. We're already seeing it. It's going to do it. So you can use this as a tool to basically begin to empower yourself at the forefront of a cutting edge technology that's revolutionizing. It's the next industrial revolution. It really is. It's like sitting in the garages of Apple and Microsoft when they were starting up. That's what we're doing. As humanity, we're getting to see this play out. So with that, you have an ability to literally empower yourself. You have an ability to learn about projects. You have an ability to figure out on your own. So my advice for anybody starting out is learn. It's going to be confusing, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the 70s when people were talking about you know p2p and internet and all this stuff that nobody didn't like it wasn't a language yet this was words being created to describe this new technology mm -hmm. well this is the whole new language being created so if you take time to learn it now it's like you had the ability to transport back to the mid 70s and get in at the ground floor mm. that's literally what's happening so also be patient with yourself it's going to be confusing. There's going to be acronyms. You're going to hear things and you're going to experience things that don't make any sense to you. And that's okay because, quite frankly, everybody's learning at the same time. The other advice I would say, find community. Find projects where you can talk to people. They'll be respectful. They'll give you answers. Local ones as well. There's tons of meetups that are happening. Mm -hmm. Get involved talk to people because at the end of the day, for me, crypto and blockchain is just a tool for humans to connect. Mm. Right. It's just a tool. Yeah, you can make money at it. You can do stuff with it. But at the end of the day, the power comes from people to people cycling mm -hmm. back to community. Right. So leverage this as a way to connect with people, to reframe your perspective about yourself, your community, the people around you, what you do, etc. Because that human to human connection is where the real value comes from. Boom. And you know what? We're going to leave on that because that's some beautiful shit. Snappy Snap of Pivx, <laughs> thank you very much for your hour of time to come on Crypto 101 and wrap out about Privacy 101 and some good life lessons, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. That was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crypto 101, and I hope that we learned a lot about privacy. I hope that we learned why it's important, and I hope that we learned how Pivx is dealing with the privacy issue from their point of view, from their perspective, from their developers. And before we go, like always, ApogeeCrypto.com, the best place to check your real-time losses. And <laughs> I say that because just the market, it's... I'm not funny. I'm just, I'm just, we all, we're all the same. I think we're just all looking at our portfolios day to day and going, oh, it hurts even more than the day before. <laughs> but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It might be around the bend or a couple of bends. Maybe this is an S tunnel and we just don't see it yet, but it is there. And our next episode, we're going to have our monthly listeners episode. We'll see you then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.